If you're thinking about moving to Atlanta, Georgia, or just want to know what it's like to live there or want a vacation there, visit some family or some friends or whatever the reason, this is the episode for you. I have the Glenda Baker right next to me in Atlanta, Georgia. Say hi, Glenda. Hey, guys. And this is Wanna Move There, the show dedicated to helping Central Pennsylvanians get the info they need to decide whether they wanna move somewhere else, in this case, Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever, or if they want a vacation somewhere to learn a bit of, a little bit more about the area. I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill in Harrisburg, went to Mechanicsburg High School, go Wildcats, and went up to Penn College of Technology up in Williamsport before I came back and had a few sales jobs before I started selling real estate 15 glorious years ago. If you need to buy or sell a home, please reach out to me. We still need inventory pretty crazily and Glenda's what is going to tell us what it's like uh, down in Atlanta in a little bit. If you need to call, text, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do, just reach out. We still need inventory and it's a little bit better for buyers to get out there. Um, so if you're a buyer, don't be scared to start looking again. Uh, whether you're watching live or on a replay, please ask a question in the comments um, or just say hi. Or if you're one of our clubhouse friends, definitely say hi and say where you're watching from, Portugal or, or Atlanta or wherever. Um, and if we don't see your questions or comments during the episode, we will come back and address them later as there is a lot going on. So we might not miss it. I always miss it pretty much, Glenda. I don't see the little thing go up when people comment. So, uh, and also it's, a reminder that <laughs> all the replays are on Derek. It is, it is. CNN with like the ticker tape and the, <laughs> and the live and all that stuff. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. And I have a phobia with like dead airspace. Even one second makes me kind of freak out. I have to keep multiple pens here just because I will pick them apart and then I'll, a spring will go flying and now I don't have a pen. So um, oh. <laughs> it's a little bit manic during this, but that's all right. Uh, a reminder that all the replays are on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc., iTunes, Spotify, all the audio places. So wherever you like to consume your content, you can find it there. And without further ado, I will bring in Glenda Baker, realtor. And uh, I almost said realtor and digital marketer because that's what I used to say about myself. Oh, well, you are actually. Um, but that's what I used to say about myself in my other show. So we have Glenda Baker, who is a realtor and I guess a digital marketer. Um, say hi again, Glenda, to everybody. Hey guys, my name is Glenda Baker. I'm a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am excited to be here with you, Derek. You know, Derek, I think this might be the first time that I've actually seen you like on video, like, cause typically we're on clubhouse together. So I get the whole audio thing, but like seeing your handsome face and feeling all of your energy, this is probably the first time. <laughs> Yeah, this is awesome. I've enjoyed, I've had a lot of the guests from our, our clubhouse rooms and it's very fun enjoying and, and getting to know them a little bit and learning about all these places that I didn't really know about. You know, I kind of know a little bit about Chicago or Atlanta, but not that much. Um, and then the personal connections are obviously awesome too. So, um, and I love having you on. And uh, so let's talk about yourself a little bit um, before we get into the real estate, your background. Um, did you grow up in Atlanta? Where did you grow up? Oh, my stars and stripes. Okay, so I have lived in Atlanta since I was two years old. Um, I went to school here in Atlanta, elementary school, high school. I did not go to college. I barely got out of high school, for God's sake. Um, uh, one thing that a lot of people don't really know about me is that my first job was actually in the gift wrap department because I could not pass the test to run the cash register. So they put me in the gift wrap department and then I moved to ladies accessories and then I moved to ladies shoes. And that was when I really figured out that I can sell stuff. And so I worked part time and it was so funny because um, 
everybody started complaining about me. They thought I was like cheating the system. And so the manager called me in and he's like, you know, Glenda, we need to talk. You're selling uh, more shoes than anybody in the department, even the people working full time. And um, how are you doing that? And I looked at him and I said, well, Mr. Harwood, if the shoe fits, buy it in every color. So when somebody asked me for a size eight in black, I just take them every single color in a size eight and they buy them. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, haven't you ever heard that? If the shoe fits, buy it in every color. And that's what I always say. And they always do it. And so sure enough, that was when I was 16 years old. And then I designed and manufactured ladies clothing. And I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm just, I'm done with that. And I told my mom and she goes, well, Pumpkin, you need to go be a real estate agent. And so sure enough, I got my real estate license and I was going to be an assistant so I could get a, a regular job and nobody would hire me. I couldn't get a job as a real estate assistant. Um, either I was too bubbly or people were like, you're going to be our competition and we don't want to train you. So I went to this brokerage and said, hey, I've got five people who want to list their house with me and I, nobody will hire me as an assistant. Will you hire me as a real estate agent? And she's, you have five listings. And I'm like, yeah. She's, how'd you get those? I said, well, I read a book. It said, call everybody that you know and tell them that they can either buy or sell whichever one they want to do is fine with you. And five people told me they list their house with me. And she goes, you're hired. That's how I got started. Ha. So too bubbly. I don't know how that could be an issue when you're selling real estate or, or any of that kind of stuff. The too bubbly thing sounds ridiculous. Um, and I, I feel you on the no college. I went to college, I mentioned, but I did not graduate. So maybe I should put that in there to be completely truthful. I'm trying to tell everybody where I was, but I also did not graduate because it just wasn't for me. And I I would I rather just practice or, or whatever the reason. Um, do by learning. So the gift wrapping and all that and the ladies accessories and the ladies shoes, that all makes sense. If anybody knows you now knows that you are into all that stuff still. Um, so when you were younger, were you, were you into clothing and dressing? Um, were your parents into that kind of stuff? What, what were you at? What was well, little Glenda like? My mom dressed me until I was like 16 years old. So like she would lay out my clothes every night, the night before, and I never, ever will forget. I, I was in fourth grade and I went home and I said, mom, everybody at school has jeans. All the girls have jeans except for me because my mom always put me in dresses and she's like, oh, okay, pumpkin, we'll get you some jeans. And so the next day she comes home from work and she's gone to Sears and she has brought home pink jeans with studs on the pocket and a matching pink jacket with little studs on the pocket. And I just, and she was so excited about it. She, I mean, I was like her little Barbie doll. Like she just dressed me up. She was so excited about it. I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was blue jeans. I wanted blue jeans like all the other girls. So I just wore the pink jeans and my dresses, but you know, she always dressed me really in, in like sparkle outfits and I had this one little outfit. It was my absolute favorite. It was this um, little yellow cowgirl outfit and it had white fringe and white stars. And my mom always said to me, Punkin, you are a star. And she would always get me stuff that had stars on it. So people always say like, Glenda, like, why do you always wear this stuff that has stars? I guess probably because it reminds me a lot of my mom. So my mom always dressed me, but I always loved fashion and I was always kind of 
you know, way overdressed, if that's even possible. I never think it's possible to be overdressed, but I was always way overdressed. And so um, I started like making stuff in my bedroom and I actually modeled um, down at the Atlanta Apparel Mart. And I went down for a, a job interview and had my clothes on that I had designed. And the lady in the showroom said, where did you get that? That's really cute. I said, oh, I made it. And she goes, really? And I said, yeah. And um, she goes, do you think you could make enough for a show? And I'm like, lady, I'm making these in my bedroom. Like, hello. And she's like, can you make, uh, she wanted me to make 15 outfits. And I made 15 outfits. She goes, if you don't sell enough to cover what I would have paid you as a model, I will pay you. And if you sell more than that, if you'll pay me a percentage to be your rep, then we'll have a deal. I'm like, okay. I sold $45,000 worth of clothes that first show and I was making them out of my bedroom. Wow. So you had like a sewing machine and everything? I had a sewing machine. I had everything. I had every single thing. And because I had taken home economics and so it was little t-shirt sets, t-shirt pants sets and t-shirts. And they, of course they had sequin, sequin appliques on them and glitter and all kinds of stuff. Did you have a brand name? Yeah, it was under Leanna. It was under G Lee Designs. <laughs> does that still exist somewhere or, or remnants not. of it anywhere? No. You don't have even like one shirt left? I probably have one shirt left somewhere, but it's probably in a, in a memorabilia box. Yeah, totally. I used to screen print shirts in graphics class back then, and I made like our senior week t-shirts and the like basketball, warm up, all these t-shirts that everybody would buy, and I don't have any of them, and I just posted on Facebook. If anybody has one of these t-shirts, I'll pay you money for it because um, I want it in my memorabilia box. Uh, do you remember what the store was that you gift wrapped at? I used to work at Hex, which is like oh, yeah. was owned by Macy's uh, back Hex. in the day. Where were you? How old are you? 43. Okay, so I'm older than you because I worked at Davidson's, which was then uh, owned by Macy's. So Davidson's was a brand here in Atlanta and Mace, it was purchased by Macy's and then Macy's was purchased by Federate, or is that right? Federated, which was Riches. So I worked at Davidson's and then I worked at, at Riches. And then were you good at the gift, the, the gift wrapping or was it oh, just was kind excellent. of... I was excellent yeah? at gift wrapping, yes. Because that yeah. seems to be something that people are either good at or they really suck at. Oh no, I'm amazing at the gift wrapping. And I'm and still now I do all of the gift wrapping. Even my girlfriend, Malia, who was my neighbor for many years, I would wrap all of the presents for her family as well. She would, she'd fix dinner and we drink wine and I would wrap all the presents. <laughs> that sounds great. And I, I think you maybe invented the uh, people that bought this also bought this, this, and this. So you beat Amazon to the punch with the, why wouldn't you want, and that's actually, I wear a uniform, this shirt, 10 different colors every single day. I just ordered the long sleeve version. And then the pants I have, same pants every day, different color, pretty much. So I've Einsteined my wardrobe. People know me for this. Um, I've tested other shirts also. We won't get into that. People don't, this says exactly what you do. They don't have to figure it out or like, what is that? I heart houses or I realtor. Everybody knows what that is, but um, so I'll stop laughing. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't tell anybody, but I just, in fact, I just got the proofs for um, my t-shirt. Once upon a time, I sold a big ass house, you know, that's my number one TikTok. Um, it has like almost 10 million views. 
And so I have, um, I'm doing t-shirts that say once upon a time, I sold a big ass house. <laughs> nice. And so is ass actually in there? Oh my gosh. So look, yeah, ass is actually in there. Am I not, not a star star? It's on the, on the shirt. No, but I actually do love the star star idea. For the SS, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have her do two versions of it. But I just said, don't tell anybody. And we're actually like telling everybody. So (laughs) if you're watching this, don't tell anybody because I haven't released them yet. (laughs) Or maybe we'll wait to to. uh, (laughs) No, we won't because this is live, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when you switched to real estate and finally got into real estate, what was it like at the beginning? What was the experience like? Were you, did you say you started with full-time or you dove in headfirst or, or one started, foot at a time? I started full-time, full-time. I read a book, How to Develop a Six-Figure Income in Real Estate by Mike Ferry. And I did every single thing that that book told me to do. And then I read a book by Barb Schwartz. And then I went to a seminar with Rick DeLuca. So Barb Schwartz said, if you can't see it, you can't sell it. She talked about staging. Rick DeLuca was the king of handwritten notes. So literally with Mike Ferry, Barb Schwartz, and Rick DeLuca, I was a full service real estate agent. And so I was in a bullpen and I went in the first day and it's just me and the office manager. And I'm like, I'm like, um, where's everybody? And she goes, Glenda, it's real estate. It's optional. They don't come in until 11. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, they'll start rolling in about 11 o'clock. That was so, I was like, I don't have to be here at nine o'clock. She's, I'm, I didn't know. I thought it was like a real job, right? So, cause I didn't know anybody who was a real estate agent. So anyway, so I just kind of watched the office, just watched, looked around. And the number one agent that was the number one agent in the company was in my office. And so she came in and I was watching her. And so I went to the manager and I said, hey, could I move my cubicle, my little seat? And she's like, sure, as long as somebody else isn't sitting there, you can move it. So sure enough, I moved my little cubicle to right outside that girl's office. And I sat there and I listened to that girl talk to people. I listened to everything that she did. If she needed a coffee, she needed coffee. She needed water. She needed a runner. She needed somebody to hold an open house. I was the first volunteer. She needed a copy of a flyer. I would magically appear, walk by her door, and she'd say, hey, Glenda, could you make a copy of this for me? I'm like, absolutely. How many do you need? I need 25. I'm like, sure, no problem. I'd make 26 copies. I'd give her 25. I'd keep one. And literally just watching that girl, it just, I I learned how to be a real estate agent. She's still around? She's retired. (laughs) Because remember, I'm, I'm, I'm much older. I've been doing this like 29 years since Jesus. We do this for a long time. I think we have some 90 year olds still licensed in our market. Yeah, that girl, she retired. I guess she was probably, she was probably, I was 24. I'd say that she was probably at least 15 years older than me at that point. Probably she was so, so now she's probably what, 70 or something. So yeah. Easy. Well, we got tons of 70 year olds in our market. Yeah. They crush it still. Not her. She retired. (laughs) They're not catching on to the YouTube and the TikTok quite as fast as you are, but, um, and I, but 
Actually, I'm not doing the TikTok yet, but anyway. And I love you. Obviously, you're good at absorbing and just you, you emulating and taking direction and finding the things that work and then just not reinventing the wheel and, and following someone else. And I started the same way as uh, one of the top commercial guys in our market. I started as his assistant and then worked in kind of doing my own deals and then came to this firm. So I kind of started the same way. And I think it's an apprenticeship kind of a model would be great if we had some kind of structure for it. Um, but so that's how you got started. So tell everybody how you're doing now, uh, what kind of clients you work with. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, you are somewhat of a, a agent to the stars or whatever you want to say <laughs> down there. It's definitely more glamorous than our market here. Um, and a lot of people out there, you have a bigger audience than I do. So tell everybody here locally in Central PA um, who you are. And oh, I will preface, I don't know if I told you this, we were in a sales meeting and one of our partners in our firm um, was saying something and somebody asked a question about something. She said, oh yeah, this Glenda Baker lady on TikTok, blah, 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 said this in her one video. And I was like, ha, you're popping up everywhere. Even, and she's not on social media. Her, her kid probably showed it to her, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, you're popping up everywhere. So tell everybody who Glenda Baker is now. So I've been in real estate 29 years. I run an all female team here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's me, Elizabeth and Eveline. Elizabeth's been with me 21 years. Eveline's been with me five or six years, Eveline? Like five or six years? Yes. Five or six years. Do you remember? remember six years. Six years. I can't even remember. It's Eveline is like, we're like in our, still in our honeymoon phase. So <laughs> Eveline's been with me six years. And then we have um, Larzell who runs all of the paperwork. And then we have a host of other people, Allison, who runs our staging and people who help with the gifting and interns that help with runners that help with the signs and lock boxes and stuff like that. So we run a pretty tight ship over here. Um, and we sell, we do $900 rentals. We do $9 million houses and everything in between. So a lot of times people want to say, Oh, Glenda, you sell those big houses. Well, we do sell some big houses. We also sell medium houses. We also rent small apartments because really for me, it's about having the luxury of working with people that I enjoy. So rather than being defined to the celebrity market or the luxury market, I'm all about being um, in, engaged with the people that I like market. So I know that if I just work with the people that I like and I work all price ranges, I don't have to deal with people that I don't like. So um, that's kind of how I focus. And um, I sell houses all over Atlanta, Georgia. So Atlanta is our major metropolitan area. I live about 14 miles northwest of Atlanta in Marietta, Georgia. So we handle Cobb, Fulton, um, Cherokee counties, but mostly the north side of Atlanta. But, you know, I think that agents pigeonhole themselves. I know that there was um, somebody who called me and they were looking for investment properties and thirty dollars to $50,000 investment properties. And they interviewed three agents here in Atlanta, and it was a celebrity, a big, 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 big celebrity. A lot of and, music and, and sports down there. Entertainment, too, I guess. Yeah, all all the, of the. Yeah. yeah, they were in the music industry. And the other two agents said to the manager, like, we have no interest in helping you with the investment properties. But when he's ready to buy his primary residence, we'd love to talk to you. And so she called me and she's talking to me and, you know, we're talking kind of through like what their strategy is. 
And she said, oh, so you'll you'll help with these investment properties. I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'll send them to you right now. I'll send you some, you know, pull some stuff and send it to you. And she's like, okay, great. And so sure enough, they looked at some of the investment properties. They ended up not buying any of the investment properties. Um, but I don't know, maybe 45 days later, she's like, hey, he found a house online. He wants to go look at it. Can you show it to him? I'm like, sure. She gives me the address. It's a $3 million house. I show him one house, one house. He buys it. He buys yeah. it. Like, like literally it was, I, I met with, so I had a phone conversation with her. I met with his road manager and showed him eight to 11 investment properties. I then got one call from her. I showed him the actual celebrity one house and he bought it. And those kind of communities are pretty tight knit and they all talk to each other, I would think. So if you, Absolutely. once you get in that market and you do a good job, you're going to get referrals and sell the manager and the agent and the other teammates, if it's a sports yeah. team or something, maybe actually, you yeah, I got, got some, a lot of sports down there and th those people come and go too. So you get to sell it to them when they come and, and sell it for them when they leave. Um, well, so you actually realize, go ahead. Most people don't realize for NBA, there are more retired NBA players in Atlanta, Georgia than in any other city. Wow. Is that because the uh, climate, which is our first question, is you know, good? I don't, I don't know if it's because of the climate or if it's because like the NBA network is here, uh, TNT is here. And so a lot of the analysts film from here. We have a huge television and film industry here in Atlanta. And another part of my business is helping those television and film um, industries find locations where they can shoot their movies and their movies and television shows. And so I help them with locations because I have this kind of crazy, I don't know what exactly what it is, what I would call it, but I have like this skill. So if I have seen a house, I can actually remember everything about the house. I can remember every single thing about the house. And then if you said, Hey, Glenda, I need a Victorian house on the river, with four bedrooms, I can literally Rolodex it in my head and tell you, okay, that's one, two, three banana street. And so a lot of the film industry will reach out to me and say, Hey, we're looking for a Mediterranean style, a Georgian. We need something with columns. And I just have like this Rolodex of photos in my head. And without even looking in the computer, I can tell you, okay, that's one, two, three banana street. That's four, five, six Jones street. That's eight, nine, ten. Um, oh, my stars Avenue. I mean, like literally it just comes to me. And and if anybody takes a picture anywhere at a house, if it's here in Atlanta, Georgia, I can tell you which house it is. It's so crazy. And are these these just because are these listings you've sold or people, you know, or what are they usually if are they people that are they vacant houses that are vacant that they usually rent or it's just what happens is, Oh, is it for the television and film? It, usually they are houses that are occupied and the people have a second house. They'll have a lake house or a mountain house and I'll just move them to their lake house or mountain house for a week or two. And they rent and the uh, movie studio rents it out and they pay amazing money. And so my people just have a owner's closet, lock all their stuff up hand over the keys, let the, let the movie film there for four five, six, eight, ten days, and then come back and they make a boatload of money. Wow. And so they want it furnished. 
they don't they don't clear everything out matter. and refurnish it doesn't matter if it's furnished or not the television set people or the film set people will either use what's there or move it out and bring in their own huh do people and do that as a business model just buy a man buy mansions just to rent to to film companies it's a great business model it's huh. a great business model i have one one house that i sold in january and we've already shot three films there Wow. So you can, once you're on a list too, then people know it. And if you're proactive about trying to be on lists and, and get jobs, so to speak, probably no end to them. Right. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I would like it. That's a whole, a whole uh, episode in itself right there. So is it, is it sunny all the time? Is it good to shoot stuff outside? Is that why it's also there? You get a lot of sun and less cloud cause we're cloudy pretty much overcast all the time here. The weather is amazing in Atlanta. I mean, really, it, it has. We have all four seasons. It never gets too cold. Some people would say it gets too hot, but not really. And I mean, it's just maybe it's just because I live here. I think it's amazing, but I've, it's so green. I had the opportunity to go to Phoenix a few weeks ago. I was in Dallas last week, and it's so like flat and brown. And I'm like. I would be so like, and your skin is so dry for God's sake. Like here you have all of the seasons and yes, there's humidity, but it's wonderful. I mean, it's really great. The weather is amazing. Yeah. And you're not, I think people or I kind of picture Atlanta being closer to uh, the ocean because we always go past Georgia going to Florida. So we always kind of associate it with the beach or something, but it's not, it's pretty far. How far would it be to drive all the way to the coast? Sit down. I can get you to the Gulf or to the Atlantic in five hours. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's so, like the perfect driving cutoff almost. <laughs> exactly. Because in my head, six hours is the cutoff, but I can get you literally to Destin, Florida, which is the Gulf of Mexico with the most with white sand and green water blue green water that you can see the bottom of in five hours i can get you to savannah to tybee to hilton head in five hours so if you like the atlantic side i can get you there if you like the gulf side i can get you there which side's better uh the gulf <laughs> the gulf huh. i mean it depends on what you want to do if you want to go crabbing you go to the atlantic if you want to go and you want to like see the most beautiful beaches in the country, I think, are absolutely the Gulf of Mexico. Huh. Sounds like you could write a little guide or do a TikTok on on uh, Gulf versus versus ocean. Totally. Absolutely. And what you Okay, bye-bye. Sorry, that was Evelyn. She's leaving. See you, Evelyn. <laughs> she should have popped in and said hi. Uh, <laughs> so the landscape, you mentioned that other places are flat and brown. So it sounds appealing to me. I like the green and at least some rolling hills or something. And I know the Appalachian Trail goes all the way down to Georgia. So do you have mountains? It's not flat. You would there, love right? it, said. Derek. You could go hiking. You could hike Stone Mountain. You could hike Kennesaw Mountain. Like every single morning you could go hiking here in Atlanta. Hmm. And most people don't realize that Stone Mountain is the largest piece of exposed granite in the world. I did not. I'm a rock climber and I didn't know that. Huh. Oh yeah. It is. It, it is so cool. And it's, um, it's smooth. Huh? There must be it's, people come, do people climb it or is it that smooth yeah. and yeah. No, people climb it. So there's huh. one side that you're allowed to climb and there's one side that you're not allowed to climb. 
And so at, at Stone Mountain, they have uh, the laser show where they do the lasers on the, on the granite, on the stone, on the mountain. And then that's also, super cool. It's so cool. And then in the winter time, uh, we change it to snow mountain and they make like manufactured snow and you can like slide down it. <laughs> huh? So that's, we'll segue into the, what it, what is there to do here? We've got, I got questions in between, but I like this, this line of questioning right now. So, um, you mentioned outdoor stuff. Is there also like the kayaking, the fishing, hunting, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So of course you'd have to kind of go down into South Georgia, but probably two hours you could get to any hunting lodge. The mountains are 55 minutes from Atlanta. So you could go to the Blue Ridge Mountains within 55 minutes. Um, you can get to the river, the Chattahoochee River, and everybody goes rafting down the river on Sundays, shoot the hooch. And then um, you can get to, you know, various other rivers in the mountains. It's amazing. It really, I think that people really don't realize in Atlanta, Georgia, you have just about any type of outdoor activity that you want to do within typically less than two hours away. Huh? Yeah. I mean, you could tell it's a shock to me. Cause I, again, I kind of think of it as a hot place and not really a mountainous place or not known for outdoor stuff, but obviously you're, you're blowing my mind right now. So yeah. uh, next meet up in Atlanta, I might be more down for it. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about the commute. So you said you live we a little bit outside about- of we didn't talk about Go sports, ahead. Derek. Oh yeah, let's talk. I'm switching. I'm too eager to switch back to my uh, process. Let's let's keep talking about entertainment. You're right. I'm so let's sorry. talk about sports. Good, okay. do it. You know I love sports. So I just want to hit that for a moment. Yeah, so, let's do it. Obviously, we have the Falcons. We won't talk about them because they're not ex- as exciting to me as the Hawks. The Hawks, who went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks and went seven games. So that's the basketball team. So you think about Mercedes. And is that where people would see uh, big concerts in that stadium? Yeah. So I actually saw Billy Joel at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's where football is. But who did I just see at State Farm? I was just there one second ago. Oh, I saw uh, J. Cole and 21 Savage. I'm like, wait a minute. I was just at State Farm. So anyway, so the concerts are at State Farm. And then we have the soccer team, Atlanta United, which actually has the highest attendance of any MLS um, game is with uh, the Atlanta United at 72,000 people. So, um, I mean, it's amazing. We have we have really, really great um, ability and very, uh, very easy, not so much, not too expensive um, to get to any type of game. And hello. We're two hours from the Masters, the best golf tournament ever in the whole entire world. Is golfing in general a big thing down there? Like in the immediate area? Huge. Huge. And a lot of athletes also golf. So that makes sense. Kind of after they stop playing football or basketball or whatever, then they start golfing and betting on that or whatever. Um, It's funny that you say that because I have a couple of houses listed in Atlanta Country Club. And so Atlanta Country Club is uh, a neighborhood here in East Cobb, close to where I live, and 14 miles northwest of the city. And it borders the Chattahoochee River. 
and there is a fancy smancy golf club golf course within that community and the people who have looked at these fancy smancy houses that i have for sale all of them are athletes and all of them play golf and are attracted to those houses because they're close to downtown they offer the ability to golf in a private setting and on top of that they're just beautiful houses typically gated and they're they're on the golf course yeah and they get to keep competing because i'm sure that's that's the drive i gotta i gotta compete at something i can't yeah, stop competing absolutely. even if i can't run up and down a court or whatever so what about like uh brew fests and fireworks and festivals and first fridays and all that kind of stuff you mentioned laser shows on the rock which i'm super right. intrigued about but uh other than that are there like that kind of thing festivals yada yeah, yada i mean literally just take your pick so next weekend is like the John Cool Festival. John Cools, those are what's the other word that you guys use for them? Um, daffodils. We call them John Cools in the South, but you guys call them daffodils, I think, in the North. So um, the John Cool Festival, we just had Music Midtown, which is our big music festival. But all of the time, I mean, I think, oh, this past weekend, we had Choctoberfest. So it's where the kids go up to this one town square in Marietta. And they can draw like artwork on the street and win prizes. It's so cool. I think that that's one thing about Atlanta that most people don't realize. They look at it as a large metropolitan area where really it's just a bunch of little townships all put together to make this petri dish of, 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 a, of a metropolis. And it's just amazing because, and I think that that's one thing, like the community is so strong. The people are so friendly, no matter where you go in each little township, there's festivals and very in concerts and community like you can't believe. That's awesome. And it is your population is way higher than ours. So it makes sense. You have this, the Atlanta proper, but then all these other communities that are probably as big as, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania itself that have their own <laughs> things going on. Um, are the are your metro areas getting increasingly, uh, I'll call it crunchy? Your, your uh, distilleries, your breweries, your uh, vegan restaurants and, and craft other restaurants too and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we actually have several beers that are actually manufactured here in Atlanta. And, it, and most of those, most of those breweries are on the west side of Atlanta, which is really a growing side. Number one, it's the side of the airport. The airport is on the west side of Atlanta. And most people don't realize Microsoft, Google, Amazon, they all have junior headquarters here in Atlanta on the west side of Atlanta. Now, of course, you know, we've got Coca-Cola. We've got, I started, how old am I? I am 8,000 years old. I did not just almost say IBM. We've got Coca-Cola, UPS. What is it? It's uh, is that IBM. It's AT&T. Oh, it's not. I didn't know that. I... <laughs> no, no, no. But we've got, I mean, we've got so Home Depot. We've got so many corporations that are headquartered here in Atlanta. And so, you know, I think that that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize is how many large corporations are here. But the majority of them are on the west side of Atlanta, which gives easy access to the airports. And of course, Mercedes-Benz and Porsche are both headquartered here in Atlanta. 
You're, you're really good with the segues with me not having to do it. I, the, my next question was going to be, what are the major industries and employers? So you mentioned TV and film, music, uh, Google, Microsoft, Coke, AT&T, Home Depot. You mentioned some others. So I don't think we need to mention too many others. There's plenty yeah. of employment. Do you think there's a reason all of those are there? Both the, the nice climate and is the location convenient in relation think, to other places? I think that I think that the airport has a lot to do with it. Because think about it, if you are a major corporation and you've got business all over the world, you have to go through Atlanta, Georgia, the Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport to get anywhere. I don't care where you're coming from. You've got to either go through New York or Atlanta, Georgia. And I think that that's why a lot of those corporations are headquartered here. Number one, because it's very cost efficient. Number two, because it's easy in, easy out for their international employees. And the, the employee base, I didn't do any research, but I'm guessing there's a good employment base as far as education and level of education and all these corporations that you named, a lot of them take higher education people. Am I wrong by the look on your face? <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, of course you've got Georgia Tech and you've got the University of Georgia, but I mean, it's, and you've got Emory University. So, I mean, it's, it's, we have an interesting um, university selection here with Oglethorpe University and Agnes Scott both being, you know, private universities and Agnes Scott being an all-girls school, but Emory University, a research medical school. So, and then Georgia Tech being one of the premier technology, you know, campuses in the world. Um, what a lot of people don't really realize is that Georgia Tech has an incubator program for startups that is only second to Silicon Valley. Hmm. So, um, which we're probably right there with Austin, Texas. So it, it's very interesting to me um, that there is such a um, diverse um, base of employment, of research, of opportunity here in the Atlanta area. I don't know any other uh, metropolitan area in the country that offers as diverse opportunity as Atlanta does. Because whether you're in music, sports, entertainment, television and film, you're in you know, venture capital, uh, digital startup, you're in transportation, you have literally like your choice of what you wanna do here in Atlanta. Yeah, and then all the service businesses to service all those people, the restaurants and the hotels and the, the courier services, yada, yada, all those things, the real estate agents, the, the stagers, all those people. Yeah. Um, so when people move there to work at one of these places, what could they expect as a commute? So you said you're like a little bit outside of it. How long does it take you to get into the city? Like if you worked in the city or have to show a house or whatever? Yeah, and let's talk about minutes. like maybe during rush hour or when yeah, it when like people would be commuting. minutes. It just depends. You know, we have a we have a great uh, freeway system here. It's like thousands of, <laughs> of lanes across. Um, so we have a great um, freeway system here. So that's good. But, you know, I have to tell you, um, corporations like Home Depot, corporations like Coca-Cola, the majority of those corporations still have um, most of their employees working from home. Oh, and they haven't, they, their leases haven't come up on their commercial spaces yet, probably. <laughs> well, but uh, Coca-Cola and Home Depot, they own their commercial space. So it's really interesting. 
And most people don't realize this, but Home Depot has taken several floors of their corporate headquarters here in Atlanta and hibernated them. So they still have like uh, heat, uh, heat and air conditioning going into those floors, but they're not running the lights. They are, you know, they're in hibernation mode, so they don't have to have them as cool or as warm. And they put out something in the Atlanta Business Chronicle about that they were saving millions of dollars in costs, not having the people at the actual headquarters. And their employee productivity had actually gone up having their employees work from home. Sounds like they all need to uh, get rid of some some square footage and invest in yeah. their people. Yeah, that very, sounds very awesome. Interesting. And in one of the major malls or one of the malls here in Atlanta, um, Emory University has taken over that mall and they're actually going to build it out. And on one side where an anchor store would have been for retail, they're going to put a hospital. And then where the stores would have been inside, those will be doctor's offices. And then where another anchor store would have been, they're going to make that some assisted living. So the mall repurposing we hear about, it's not happening here in central Pennsylvania yet. We're always late adopters, but uh, I'm sure it'll come all these. And you're talking about an indoor mall, right? Oh, yeah, an indoor yeah, mall yeah, yeah. that would have housed a department. It would have it housed three department stores um, back in the day and a plethora of little boutique stores. But think about it. It already has the food court for the cafeteria, the setup of a of a of a old time traditional mall is a perfect setup, especially for medical, um, just because, you know, you could have like a fitness facility, um, a residential facility, uh, a, a hospital facility, and you can have every single thing that you need for the aging population. So it's, totally. I, I, I think it's a great idea. I love it. Yeah, I'd love to see one focused on uh, younger people too. They they always they make all these awesome neighborhoods for all the aging population. But where's that neighborhood with the pool and the clubhouse and all that? Well, down there maybe you have in the gated we communities all, all these amenities. But we don't we don't most neighborhoods don't have any of that stuff here unless it's a uh, fifty five plus or something. So well, Derek, I'm looking we at the go ahead. We can relocate you to Atlanta. <laughs> well, you're selling me all the outdoors, and it has an airport right there. I was thinking about Denver. I would like a, a vacation apartment sometime somewhere that's really easy to fly to. Um, you'll have to compete with Denver or uh, Grand Junction, also Colorado. Uh -huh. So you have three minutes left before I'm going to get you out of here. So we got to get to the last question. So if people are moving from here down there, what can they expect to get for their money? Obviously, the market's higher than here in general. Um, maybe start with like an average or medium price or tell us whatever you want to tell us about the the prices down there you know it really depends on the product that you want so let's say that you are looking for a 55 and older community you can get into that somewhere between 260 and 400 depending on the location okay and that's something that'll have a homeowners association of about 150 to 200 dollars a month but you won't have to do any of the yard work okay um, they're they're like little garden garden condos, so they're all one level. They have a an upstairs that you can finish if you if you want to. You could get a uh, five for five hundred thousand dollars, depending on how far you go out. The further out you go, the newer, the bigger I can get you. 
but let's say $500,000 in uh, Cobb County, um, you can probably get, oh wait, sorry about that. I, I touched my phone and it started calling the emergency call. I was oh, no. sorry about that. Whew, that was a little scary. Um, okay. So $500,000, you could get like um, probably 3,000 square feet, um, probably 0.25 acres, maybe 0.3, so a third of an acre uh, in a reasonable school district. Uh, I call it five, four and a door, you know, a traditional home. So four bedrooms, two and a half baths, and for, I can get that for you closer in. If I take you out a little bit, that square footage will go up to 5,000 square feet. If I take you out a little bit further, I can get you to 7,500 square feet. So $500,000, it's really eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So these are, you mentioned new construction. So obviously one of my questions is always, is there new construction happening? Is that available? Obviously it is. Uh, what about like the downtowns and where the older stuff is? How far back? Because we go back... I just sold a log house from like 1800, uh, but in general, like 1900 through 1920 is what our kind of downtowns are. What are yours like? Yeah. So 1920 to 1950. Um, and you're probably going to be in that 400 to $700,000 price range. Depends on what in town neighborhood you're looking at. We showed a uh, $500,000 in town, old fourth ward, Inman park area, close to the Beltline where you can run, ride your bike, rollerblade, close to Piedmont Park, close to Grant Park, the zoo. So, I mean, you can definitely get something, but you're definitely, the closer in town you get, the less square footage you're gonna get. So you're typically looking at that $500,000 price range, getting you somewhere between uh, 1,300 and 2,000 square feet. Okay. And it sounds like, I mean, most of what you were talking about is similar to here. I was expecting it to be a little bit higher, frankly, but it sounds pretty reasonable um, compared to here anyway. But I know there are some high price things there. And I think the highest sale in our multi lists has been maybe 2 million. And that happened like this year, somebody from my office, I will mention. Um, but uh, yeah, he sells all the million dollar houses here. Um, so if somebody did have, it's that star, that basketball player or the, the guy who sold his business to move to, to not to Florida, to Georgia, um, where would that, is that Buckhead or that's the thing that comes to everybody's head here, but. Sit down. So uh, Steve Harvey purchased the most expensive home this year in Atlanta. Was it this year or last year? I can't remember. It's been within the last 12 months. Steve Harvey paid $15 million for Tyler Perry's home. Huh. I don't know if I would want like the, they're like two of the top entertainers there probably. I don't know. Do they, so does somebody like that redo the whole house? No. 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 They don't redo anything? So that's a question I've already had. What With these big, huge houses in our luxury market, the luxury people get hit because once you get to 700, a million or something, everybody wants their dream home. And even if your house is actually worth a million, people are gonna deduct because I'm gonna redo everything anyway. Not the case? No, no, not at all. It's interesting because um, I listed Heinz Ward's house, um, the house that he designed when he retired from the Steelers. Oh, you'll be able to, uh, relate to that because you're in Pennsylvania. Heinz Ward, yeah. he played for the Steelers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he designed this house 
uh, here in Atlanta. And it was very, it had a lot of gold, a lot of black, a lot of red, a lot of black, because he went to Georgia. And um, he had had it listed for two years with five different real estate agents. And he had never, ever allowed them to use his name associated with the house for privacy reasons. And I said to him, I said, you are missing the boat because these people want to live in your house. They want to live in this NFL MVP player's house. I said, so please let me use that. And he's like, do you really think it's that important? I said, absolutely, it's that important. And once we put that on the marketing, you know, former NFL MVP Super Bowl player, I mean, we had them coming out of the woodwork because in Atlanta, a lot of the music industry is young and they love these sports players houses. So I think that that's just something a marketing um, tool that people didn't use. And we had his house sold within 90 days and it had been on the market two years. Wow. Wow. And it sounds like, and I guess when you're up that high, the house is somewhat, uh, it was designed by some famous architect or some notable architect probably. And it's somewhat yeah. a, a piece of art and doesn't necessarily, yeah. it's somewhat timeless where our houses are kind of, uh, I don't want to say throwaway, but they, they're not that way. There isn't some, it's just kind of cookie cutter more stuff. So it makes well, sense no, a little bit. Nobody is redoing the Mona Lisa. This is true. Yes. I mean, come on, give me a break. Yeah, totally. Well, that that makes it great. That makes it a lot easier to move. You just buy it. Do people buy them furnished too? Yes, that's very prevalent. Huh? Yeah, they just want it. What makes that makes sense too? They just want it all done. And even hiring a designer, why do all that? All this furniture already goes perfect with this place. Huh? Okay. And we're already past the time that I told you we'd get finished with. But I will ask you our last question, real quick. If you could do anything else other than real estate, what would you do? Oh gosh, that's easy for me. I would be an attorney. I love the law. I love everything about the law. I love like the hunt for the answers. I love the interrogation. I love the ability to um, listen to what somebody is telling me and then observe them and be able to uh, be the human lie detector. Like I absolutely, I, I can read bullshit like nobody's business. And I abs, am I allowed to say a bad word? If I'm not, you could. We already can said ass. So I'll, I'll just check uh, language or whatever in the thing. Sorry, when I'm, I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> it's anyway, all good. so like, that's the thing is like, I absolutely love the law. And I, I mean, criminal law, I never will forget. Um, there was a, a big time attorney here that was the legal analyst for the OJ Simpson case. And I saw him out and about and I was like, oh, oh my God, that's that guy. That's that guy. And I'm telling all my friends, I'm at dinner with my friends, I'm like, that's that guy who was the legal analyst for OJ Simpson. And they're like, Glenda, you're the only person who would know that. Like nobody else even cares about it. And the guy walks past the table and he stops. And I can see him out of the corner of my eye. And he says, excuse me, are you Glenda Baker? And I'm like, I, I, I am Glenda Baker. And he goes, you have a house for sale down the street from me. And this is back in the nineties. And I had my picture. My picture was bigger than my head on my sign. It was so funny. I would hold my sign up and my daughter goes, mom, it's bigger than your real head. And so I had my picture, my beauty pageant picture on my signs. 
And he goes, oh my God, I knew it was you. I told my friends it was you. I drive by your, by your sign every day. And I think to myself, who puts their picture on the sign? And he goes, and here you are. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, and he introduces himself. And he goes, I'm thinking about selling my house. Do you have a business card? And I give him my business card. And it has the picture that matches my sign. And he leaves to go to the restroom. You know, Pat finishes up the conversation, goes to the restroom. My friends break out laughing. I mean, every time I think about that story, I absolutely laugh my ass off. But it goes back to tell you, people get to know you, they become familiar with you by your face. And that's why video is so critical now. I like that you dropped a little lesson for everybody, any agents that might be out there watching or any marketers in general. I talk to yeah. a lot of central or uh, small businesses. So that's a great thing to end on. And the attorney makes sense. Um, did you, we need to end it, but were you into like debate club or anything like that in high school or anything like that? No, I told you I barely got through high school. I didn't know how to spell that. <laughs> Like literally I learned all of these like talking skills in like the real world in like the university of the street. Like I have absolutely, I wasn't in debate club. I wasn't in drama. Like I couldn't even be on the cheerleading team. I sucked. I was like the last kid picked on the playground. So no, I mean, I learned how to talk seriously, like selling shoes. I mean, I just kind of fell into it. And I think that just selling in general was so, was just, that was just my niche. I love it. That's awesome. Sometimes it takes people a little bit more time, but then when they get that momentum, it it's like a hockey yeah. stick and it's all effort really. And, and seeking yeah. out answers. And if you want to be an attorney, you said you like seeking out answers. So it all, all yeah. makes sense. So tell everybody that might be listening later and can't see the screen where they can reach you. So read your info aloud there. My name is Glenda Baker. I'm a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. As I always say, send me a text, tag me in a post, give me a call. That's what I love the most because I'd love the opportunity to talk real estate with you. My telephone number is 678-755-3711. And you can find me online anywhere at Glenda, G-L-E-N-N-D-A. Baker, B-A-K-E-R, Glenda Baker. My dad's name was Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, -N, and I am duh, Glenda. There you go, and don't forget the double end. Somebody might, some people might miss that. So there is a double end in there. Um, and thanks everybody for watching and listening. Remember to contact me if you need to buy or sell a home, or if you wanna to move to Atlanta, you can sell your house here. I'll hook you up with, with, uh, with Glenda. Glenda. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, Glenda. Sometimes I freeze. Uh, yeah, contact me. Call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Hey, do you know Jackson Wilkie, the YouTube other real estate Jack or real I estate guy, you. similar to Levi? He says, send a carrier pigeon too. So I always feel like I need to clarify. I've been saying that for years and I didn't steal it from him, but everybody, send a carrier pigeon. Also, thank you for being here, Glenda. Thanks everybody for watching and listening and say goodbye again, Glenda. Bye guys. See you, everybody.